0: What is up, guys? My name is Nathan. I'm here with my co-host, Zach. Uh, Hey. This is the Sip It and Rip It podcast, the podcast where, as I always say, we don't give a fuck. (laughs) We do not give Uh, a fuck. But we do give a fuck. If you would please rate us five stars on Spotify, we're going to plug that every single time until I see some five-star reviews, so hit that that five-star review, and if you hit anything other than five stars... You probably pull sumo. <laughs> True. True. We do hate on sumo. Fuck sumo pullers. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, first order of business, we got some drinks. Um, drinking something a little different, a little, uh, little
1: trim tab. Yep, more trim tab. Mine is an imperial stout with peanut butter and chocolate. Be honest, this isn't my speed, but I wanted to change it up for Nathan because we've done a lot of very hoppy, very citrusy, very fruity things, and they're also those uh, kinds of things tend to be very beery, mm-hmm. and he hasn't really enjoyed it. So, if you have not never had a stout, very, very like heavy coffee and chocolate flavors, yes, um, they're also a little flatter, a little less carbonated than mm-hmm. a lighter beer, so it's a little bit different.
0: But. Yeah, mine is a uh, cake therapy, and it. We tried both of them. And that one was a little bit more, uh, a, little, a little more bitter.
1: Yeah, it's uh, a little beerier. This, this
0: one was a little sweeter, and I prefer a little bit a little bit sweeter. Um, but it's like drinking,
1: like mine's like drinking black
0: coffee with peanut butter in it. Mine tastes like vanilla, like probably black coffee with a little sugar and vanilla syrup. Fair. Like yeah. that's that's pretty much what it sounds like. It yeah, tastes I mean. like, sounds like.
1: They are uh, high ABV. I think mine is, what is this here? Uh, Seven and a half percent. So mine's a little low for a stout. I think yours is eight or eight and a half. Nine. Nine. There you
0: go. Trying to get me drunk over here. Off a nine percent beer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's basically a mixed drink, to be fair, though. I mean,
0: kind of. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, I mean, not like an old fashioned like we normally Right. Yeah. It's it's a margarita's
0: worth of beer. Man. So, you know, you know, my friend Bishop, right? Mm -hmm. He's, He's kind of a snob. He's a beer snob for sure. Um. He works in a brewery. He works at Goat Island, actually. Shout out to Goat Island. Um, Sorry we're not drinking your beer. <laughs> maybe one day. Sponsor us, we will. If you ever make better beer, maybe one
1: day. <laughs> i I'll say that. Hey, if they sponsor us, we'll <laughs> oh, do say, I'll say whatever you want to if you want to, uh, you want to throw some money for this podcast.
0: <laughs> Buy Goat Island. It's the best beer you will ever drink. Um, but anyway, I, I had him come over the other day, and I gave him a shot because I only had a little bit of that uh, Shanky's Whip. He was very impressed. He that shit's big. good, man. That's what we need to uh, add money for us.
1: Right? Yeah. This well. I think he's Whoever the bottling company is, I don't know who the bottling company is. I don't
0: know. I don't know. You can read the label. It says it somewhere. Somewhere. Somewhere on, on, the, on oh, the that wrong. ugly ass label. That is the ugliest label I've ever seen. It's like a dude in a chariot with like a chicken or something. I mean. That's the weirdest thing I've I ever seen. I almost kind of
1: think it's fitting for a whiskey, honestly. I feel like it's a little out there, a little old school. Yeah. Nah, I didn't hate it. I mean, Just, I, I wouldn't, I'm not getting a Shanky's whip tattoo tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? When, <laughs> when,
0: I to, when, I asked, when I asked him, I said, have you ever had Shanky's whip before? He said, is that a sex thing? I was like, no. <laughs> no not really. That's Spanky's whip. <laughs> spanky's
1: whip. And uh, there's, a, there's a, a safe word. <laughs> <laughs> is it in Irish? Spanky's whip, yeah. Spanky's whips, whatever you want Spanky's <laughs> whip to be. <laughs> All
0: right, so um, we covered a lot of bases already. We did. We we hit a lot. Uh, we we had a. We both actually had a really good week in the gym. Yeah.
1: So I mean, mine. Uh, you know, we haven't been meeting on on a workout day per se. So I'll just recap my week. Um, Monday had some heavy ish squats. Had doubles at four forty five, which is not my heaviest doubles by no means of prep, mm-hmm. but um, they went well. Um, Tuesday had a pretty good bit of elbow pain, went and had that treated. Um, it caused some bruising. The treatment itself caused some bruising and some inflammation. So my bench press day on Tuesday, while I got through it was kind of shit, to be Mm -hmm. honest. Um, but it actually, that treatment actually cleared up my elbows the rest of the week. So, uh, me and Elizabeth Ryan worked out together, um, Thursday, uh, we had a really good time. She's always awesome to work out with. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had my last heavy deadlift single of, uh of prep and Ron gave me an RPE 9.5 and and he capped it at 5.65 I pulled 5.65 at like a a (laughs) 5.5 it was pretty good pretty smooth uh, and I just really, 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 really wanted to uh, make him think about <laughs> give me a nine and a half at a five and a half weight. Yeah. So, uh, but to be fair, though, I've had pretty inconsistent moments on deadlift. We didn't, yeah. either me or him knew that it was going to move like that. Right. Fair. Yeah. Uh, and
0: then uh, benched uh, double PR yesterday of uh, 375 by two. Um, Which not, I just want to point out is only ten pounds off what I hit, and I know I told you this, but just to say it on air, that's ten pounds less than what I hit for a double, and I I benched four twenty or four nineteen. Yeah,
1: so I mean, so, I, I think you know, I think that number right across four hundred is like four hundred two or four hundred three. It's four hundred two because four hundred two because the, yeah. the next jump's four hundred seven. Yeah, uh, I do think 402s two's in the cards. I think so. Um, too. I think it's you know, I think it's you know, it's a possible third attempt. Now whether or not I get it, I
0: you know. Um, don't know. I mean, it's yet to be seen. I, I um, think if, if for it, just from my experience and how it looked when you pressed that, I feel like if you go for your third attempt for 402, you're going three for three, unless something just horrible happens. Yes. I mean, yeah, that being said, you know, because you do have some issues with your elbows sometimes and the low bar squatting being really heavy, something could yeah. happen, you know. Yeah, shout out but- to
1: Alabama Online, though, because uh, I got electroshock therapy uh, done on the elbows, which isn't at all what it sounds like. I thought I was going to be get- getting electrocuted, but it's actually like a little gun that basically has a little jackhammer inside of it. And it's cap, So you're not actually physically getting hit by the hammer, mm. but what it does is it vibrates the end of it and it has the ability to penetrate like, you know, 12 and a half centimeters in the skin. Okay. So it's a really, really deep therapy. It's also really painful. Uh, well, the process is kind of painful. I'll be honest. My elbows were so bad. It actually was instant relief for me. I didn't find it painful at all, mm. but they did say, you know, most people find it to be
0: painful or uncomfortable yeah, at least, yeah, yeah. At, at
1: least, uh, at least uncomfortable. Uh, it did cause some soreness, like I said, but man, that, uh, that's something you need to go to Alabama a lot. If you have any tendonitis issues, anything like that, you need to go get that therapy done, uh, with my buddy, uh, Nathan Lewis and his, uh, PTA, um, Katie Malone. So anyway, um, I have a feeling that, you know, ta- I'm pretty much in my taper now. I feel like I'll probably have one heavy squat single and one heavy bench single left. Mm-hmm. And then everything else is pretty much going to just taper. roll downhill yeah. from, yeah, from here until meet day. So yeah. two weeks out from
0: yesterday. So, yeah. so that's, that's pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty common. For me, uh, my first day back was deadlifts, and I did $4.95 for eight as my top set. Smoked them. It, it moved really good, but man, I was I was blown out after it. Uh, I barely got through my my additional two back off sets. Um, so that I was a little disappointed in how little. Uh, Endurance, endurance. I had uh, in regards to my deadlifts, but I I've been kind of slacking on volume on deadlifts, so it should be expected. Yeah. Um, my bench day was amazing. I hit two eighty five. I or it was either two eighty five or two ninety five. I can't remember. I think it's two eighty five. I think it's two eighty five. But it was like you said, it was like gravity was shut off. And yeah, throwing it through the ceiling. Yeah, two eighty five for eight at an RP. Nothing like it was the easiest eight reps I've ever done in my life, probably. Um. And then squats, I was really excited about two. It was 385 for eight. And again, just easy. Um, I did feel it in my quads and in my hamstrings and in my glutes and in my lower back the next day. Uh, But Got it. That
1: reintroduction of volume is a rough couple of weeks. Yeah. Man, it's, it's rough.
0: That's, that's Especially
1: you're at, the difference between this block and last block is you didn't really have given percentages last block. Right? I didn't have anything up. specific. Yeah. And now you have hard numbers, so mm-hmm. it's like kind of a kick in the ass compared to – Yeah. Yeah, I understand. It's,
0: it's not like I'm going to go in and train based on how I feel. It's uh, You have a top set you have to get. Uh, the My goal for the next four months is to hit all of my top sets. My working sets are flexible. Um, they're not out of range. They are, I, I don't know if we talked about this on the last episode, but it's the 10% and a 7.5% on bench press um, drop. But uh, I do, going in, I'm like, this is what I need to get. If I don't get it, I'm not going to be too mad. I'm not going to be too upset about missing my drop sets as long as I get my top set every week. Fair. Um, if I miss my top set, that's when I'm going to have issues. So, um, But moving
1: on. Uh um- PR songs, man. We got some. I don't, I'm not sure if I, I may have forgotten to add the, the new ones to the playlist last week. I need to Uh-oh. update the playlist. Uh-oh. No, I'm slacking. slacking. Um,
0: you want to go ahead and you got yours ready? I do. Uh, I have three. Um, first one, I think I've, I think I added Suicide Silence recently. Um, it may have been last week. And uh, I got them again uh, with Serene Obscene. Uh, that song is killer. Um, I don't have you, have you. Probably haven't heard it. You probably don't listen to a lot of Suicide I
1: didn't of listen to a lot of them, but I mean, the songs I like, I like. The yeah. songs I don't, I don't. I don't know what to say. It's, They're hit or miss for me.
0: Yeah, it's 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 the same stuff. It's Very deathcore. Very heavy. Um, if if you're into like deathcore, kick down a door, you'll probably like it. If not, then you probably won't. Um, uh, and then uh, a new song that just recently came out because I feel like we I do a lot of old songs, so I'm like I wanted to put something new that I listen to. Uh, it is heritage by distant, uh, and it also features Will Ramos from Lorna Shore. Hell yeah! So it was, it was a really good song. Um, it's real heavy. I like distant a lot. They're one of my one of my favorite newer death metal bands. Um, and then this one I put on here. I kind of wanted one that was slightly goofy, but also it's just a really fucking good song. Uh, Mermaid or two. The Water God by Death Clock. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, I really lo- like. I recently rediscovered my love for Death Clock after uh, it just popped up on my playlist one day. I was in the gym and I was like, "God damn, this is good." <laughs> it's heavy as shit, to be like, honest. Even though, like, his vocals are are very kind of like, what's the word? Kind of like a parody, you know. No, I mean, but, they
1: definitely. I mean, they're, they're. I mean, they're kind of a parody band.
0: Yeah. Well, they're a joke but, band, but they're also and, like talent. Yeah, the, the music's pretty serious. The music yeah, is absolutely. good, and the the lyrics are goofy as hell. But
1: I'm about it. I'm, I can't lie. I'm, I'm about it. I, um, I like Death Clock. I remember. You're probably a little bit more versed in their newer stuff and whatnot, but uh, I can't lie. I definitely like them a little bit. I think um, they only
0: have three albums
1: yeah i think the only one we listened to i mean we were kids when it came out so you would have been the first album yeah the death album yeah, yeah absolutely so but it's uh you know it's good stuff yeah uh uh what else you got that's it all right cool um, I'm, I'm not terribly prepared for this one i actually prepared my dad joke and not my pr song. <laughs> oh. um and i'm a little bit worried about repeating one for some reason since so i was a dumbass and forgot to add to the list <laughs> last week um so uh i am gonna go with the band uh baroness which is a little light for me in the gym but i really really like them um and uh the song itself is also kind of light but it fucking pumps me up so it's okay but uh it's off the yellow and green albums uh by baroness and it's take my bones away it's fucking awesome um listen to it it slaps if you're a, if you're a fan of like um mastodon stuff like that um Stuff that toes the line between like progressive stuff and maybe a little bit of like stoner metal. Now um, you're talking like cool. like old school Mastodon. Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, tradition like or yeah, like well Leviathan. Maybe a little later, like Crack the Sky. Right? Crack the Sky. Yeah, okay. yeah well, that makes sense. Uh, so that shit's really good. Uh, Baroness. They actually uh, were on the record label Relapse Records when I worked there as an intern. Uh, so that shit's pretty fucking cool. And then. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if we've talked about this band much, to be honest with you. Um, We're going to go... How about we'll go with one of my favorites that I haven't mentioned yet. It's a little bit much for people, especially around here, but I kind of don't give a shit, especially since... um, Let me just find the name of the song. The band's Aborted. Mm. Uh, I'm a big fan of Aborted. It's fucking awesome. Um, And it's off of the album Retro Gore. And the name of the song is uh, Divine Impediment. Fucking listen to Divine Impediment it's fucking awesome. It
0: rips. Aborted is a good band. That's, that's uh, they,
1: really they, heavy shit, though. So um,
0: they they can they can be a little a little much for people, for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Even, even just like I said, the name of the band is probably a little bit much for yeah. people around here. Yeah, they're to probably there. Like, Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, they <laughs> didn't. <laughs> they don't say what is, what's been aborted. It's just right. the name of the band's yeah, aborted. They say mission aborted <laughs> all the time. <laughs> absolutely. I, it yeah. Could have been the mission getting aborted. It could. You know, it it could have been. We're not necessarily talking about fetuses. (laughs) Well, they may
0: have quit their job. uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's not like like their name is Dying Fetus or something like that, right? Well,
1: I like Dying (laughs) Fetus too, and the likelihood of Dying Fetus (laughs) making it on the playlist is pretty fucking strong, to be honest with you. Um, But aborted is fucking dope. What's aborted? I have an awesome aborted shirt that says, uh,
0: um, what does it say? Must not be that awesome if you don't know what it says.
1: I'll think of it in a little bit <laughs> halfway. through It says, our... it says something like uh, it says "kill the living, burn the dead" or something like that. It's something cool. It's a badass shirt though. I'm too fat for it at the moment. Uh, it's something like that though. It's pretty cool.
0: Well, when big you, block letters. When you do your cut, that'll be that can be a goal. But... Get back in that extra long shirt. <laughs> I, don't,
1: I never throw away band shirts. At least I try yeah. not to. So
0: yeah, it, so they, they're, they're more like like memorabilia yeah absolutely so uh, i think that covers all the the awkward pr song (laughs) section the the (laughs) scrolling through our phones and trying to figure out what we're talking about what we're talking about
1: yeah (laughs) but we know what we're talking about this next one and it's uh bench cues
0: it is so uh i guess we just start right into like you know the first thing you're gonna do when you set up for a bench press you know you're you're going to get on the bench, right? Yeah. So, and I actually sent you a video, uh, you, that Bobby Lashley video. He was insanely strong. He bench pressed 405 for, like, four reps or something stupid. But if you watched it, his feet were all the way out. His toes were coming up. Like, it was really, like, he was, like, real shaky and, like, not... That's like normal Jim Bro Bench Press. Let's be honest. It was, it was a, like it was strong, but it was a suboptimal lift. Like to watch, right? Yeah. Like when you watch power lifter who's you know been doing it for a long time, you can say see a lot of differences. So the first thing you really notice, or when I notice, when someone gets on there on the bench, is you know where are the feet going? Where's their butt going? Where's their head going? Shoulders. Yeah. So getting that initial setup. That this is probably a pretty. Broad spectrum to to cover.
1: Um, well, I'll tell you where I, exactly where I would start. I would just have them laying on the bench, and we're going to get eyes directly under the bar, not where they think their eyes are mm-hmm. under the bar, but their eyes are physically under the mm-hmm. bar. Um, people always have a little bit different. They tend to look up. As a coach, you have to be aware of this because they know they tend to look for the bar.
0: Okay, I get it.
1: So they're t- they tend to lay down and say, like, "Okay, my eyes are under the bar," and like, no, they're not. You're like, you know, you're looking back or you're looking forward. Yeah. Like, I need your eyes. When you open your eyes, you shouldn't have to look left, right, up, or down. Your eyes should be directly under the bar. Right. You should be um, able to close your eyes yeah. as soon as you open and them. <clears> throat> throat> that's probably more important in a, in a standard gym rack than it is in a combo rack because things are a little bit smaller, more, you know, in a competition rack, everything's a little bit more ergonomical in terms mm-hmm. of stuff like that. But, you know, one of the the biggest problems with people's bench press right away is running into the rack. Mm-hmm. Like, Um, so that prevents, you know, hitting the J hooks or running into the rack or, or or something like that. That's something honestly, that's frustrated me on and off for fucking ever. Um, and it's just, you know, taking the time to, to actually set up with your eyes under the bar. Now I will say this because you are a little further out the likelihood, especially if you have recent elbow or shoulder pain, like I do, um, the likelihood of you having to take a handout on heavier sets probably pretty high but it will keep you off the rack and it'll keep mm-hmm. you you know where you can reach it and also where you can rack it easily right. uh that's the, the sweet spot
0: in my mind so the very first thing I coach is eyes under the bar yeah that's that's fair so they they got their eyes in the bar do you do you have them have they already grabbed the bar at this point no the next very next thing I do um, uh, and really
1: this is very very beginner stuff right here so I'm not necessarily um, looking for X amount of back tightness or anything mm-hmm. yet. But the very first thing I do is just cue them simply feet behind their knees. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're able to put their feet completely flat on the floor, that's great. And if they have to come up, you know, on their toes, heel off the floor. Like I do longer legged people might have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fine too. But we go feet behind the knees. And the very next thing I coach. Okay. So,
0: um, Typically for me, I always try to keep a full foot, even if I don't get my, my feet as far back as I would like. Um, I've just, I've just always felt like I get more leg drive out of having a full foot on the floor. Uh, keep my hips down
1: better with my feet further behind me. And that's my rationale because I'm, I'm bad prone with a flat foot to have my hips raised. Yeah, that's fair. I, so. I don't really,
0: I, I've never really had an issue with that as, as I've started powerlifting anyway, as I've gotten <clears throat> fairly proficient at powerlifting that is. Um, so I, I feel pretty comfortable at keeping myself tight and stable with, with the flat foot, um. And then there's several people, like, uh, I think his name's on Instagram is Power B Builder. Yeah. Um, and he he has his feet fairly far out. Now, this is a massive man. Uh, He's, you know, super heavyweight. Sure. Um, and he also bench presses 600-something pounds. So, there's a lot to be said uh, about that. But, you know, like I said, he has his feet kind of a little forward, honestly. Like, it's... It's a little weird to see. It's almost like he probably doesn't even need his feet. But
1: yeah, you know, you see that out of you know some heavier lifters, and also you know all this depends on mobility too. Him being a super yeah. heavyweight, he might not have um, the quad and hip mobility required to get your feet further behind. Yeah. Uh, and some of that's you know lower back injuries can prevent that. I have a really good bench presser who's a it's a general fitness client, but still outstandingly strong person, uh, a very thin man, and would just it just has a Scary bench press for his size, mm. honestly. I mean, he's he's a very, you know, 300-plus-pound uh, bench presser all day long, and he does it completely flat-backed with his feet out in front of him mm. because that's the only way he can fucking do it. Right. I mean, that's, you know, it just is what it is. So, you know, mobility, injury history, stuff like that definitely play into that. But, you know, ideal, perfect world, you know, like I said, I want feet behind the knees in whatever fashion they can do it comfortably, if that makes sense. No, that's fair. Um, the next thing is grip grip width. um, but you know, I've always taught, um, a relatively close grip because I feel like for most general fitness clients, that probably is the best thing. So I teach, um, about right outside, right outside shoulder width, or for most women, I keep, I teach a thumb width away from mm-hmm. the neural, um, which is fine, uh, as people advance and they become more and more interested in powerlifting and they start powerlifting, um, we do take grips out. So I will say this, I have a preference for a wider grip on a woman
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, to take advantage of bigger muscle groups, chest and shoulders and stuff like that. Um, Men typically are stronger in the arms, so I have a more... Uh, individualized approach on that and that I kind of want uh, wherever they feel like their leverages are best. But, you know, in our rules, we have to have at least one finger on the ring. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it can only be so wide anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Sandy's is pretty much maxed out, you know, as wide as as wide as she can go. Uh, another wide grip bencher of mine that's a girl is uh, Kristen, um, mm-hmm. pretty wide. And um, my grip and my wife's width with uh, bench width is the same. Like we put our hands in the same exact spot right. bar. Um and I'm a much larger person than her. But again, um me and you have tricep strength that,
0: that they don't that have they don't have. To, yeah, absolutely. Have yeah,
1: and that's and that's not me saying anything about men versus women or anything like that. That's just you know, that's really just the ergonomics of the human mm-hmm. body. Like typically men have bigger, stronger arms. Mm-hmm. So um it just is what it is. So with men it's a comfort approach and then for women i do typically want a grip that's gonna um allow us to use less range of motion and then also you know more chest
0: strength so that's if that's fair um didn't um didn't um Jen Thompson post something. Yeah. So I actually that.
1: really like hers. Uh, she measured, uh, end of her clavicle to end of her clavicle, um, across her chest. And then she st- simply stated that your grip width should be twice the length of clavicle to clavicle. Right. Um, which I think would be a really, really handy. it would be a really, really handy way to set up, um, a ladies bench press. And honestly, it probably works fine. It's probably a good generalization, good starting point for, for most of us to be yeah. honest with you. um, I don't mind that at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was interesting that there was an actual like hard number that you could look at to be like, oh, well, it should be exactly this this yeah. way. And I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, person to person, everything's going to be different when it comes to this. But having having a starting point that's not well, it should be around here or around here. But having an actual hard number that's like it should be here, and then we adjust it from there. Yeah, it's just pretty cool to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's. You know, you get somebody in a
1: in a generally comfortable position. We can we can do more nuanced, yeah. you know, things. And you know, most of, most of what we're talking about here is the difference in just a couple of inches. Anyway, we're not yeah. talking about like.
0: Like a whole hand. Yeah, we're not like. talking about a whole hand width. Yeah,
1: we're talking about, you know, we're
0: maybe a finger. Yeah, we most. are. We're literally
1: talking about an inch or two at the most, most of the time. So. But it can make an, a huge. difference. Oh, yeah, absolutely will. And and sometimes you need to. Sometimes you need to change things, even if they're not immediately comfortable or stronger. Mm-hmm. We talked about that when you swapped the low bar initially. Mm-hmm. Um, you took a hit on your squat. Yeah. Until you didn't, and Same then you came back much, much stronger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Like uh, I remember specifically my bench width being an issue, mm-hmm. um, and I remember taking it out and thinking, "God, I'm never going to press. I'm never going to press three plates again like this." And then as soon as I got used to it, it just blew past, you know, uh, former PRs mm-hmm. and stuff. So I mean, but you know, it does take months and months and months to retrain
0: yourself. Yeah. Um, well, you're essentially training yourself to use different muscles, right? Yeah,
1: you are. Well, yeah. not not different well, to, muscles, but to depend. And um, it's all the same muscle groups, but you're depending on different ratios of those muscles. So they do feel, it does feel drastically different, even though it is the same, you know, prime movers and stuff.
0: And I will say the more I started training close grip and the stronger I got in close grip, the more I enjoyed like having a slightly closer grip. I want to say I just pulled it from my ring finger or my middle finger to my ring finger on bench press. I think that's where i about where I normally start now. Um, and it's it's been, and, and hell,
1: I'm not gonna lie to you. You can just about tell by looking at somebody. Sometimes a good example. of This is uh, my business partner, Justin Cody. Um, when he was in the gym in his prime, he was five foot seven and had 21 inch arms. Mm-hmm. Guess what's the strongest thing on his uh, his body? <laughs> is his triceps. So of course, you know when he pressed 455 raw in the gym. It was with a pretty fucking narrow grip. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't his close grip, it was his competition grip. But right. but you know, compared to it was probably a thumb width away from the neural. It was probably that general fitness easy peasy. I've mm-hmm. been personal training for two weeks, bench press. I mean, right. I mean, but that that was what was better for him because he was tricep dominant. That's yeah. fine. You know, that's not an issue at all. So um the next thing I moved to, um, if you're ready to move to the next yeah. thing, is uh setting up my back. Yeah. So once my eyes are under the bar, my feet are behind me, and uh, gotcha. my grip is set. Um, and everybody does this different. If you're a big archer, which I can't do because I'm not, I don't have the mo- mobility for it. Um, you might set up opposite of this. Or you might set up like feet down, if that makes sense. Sandy's a good mm-hmm. example of that, where she presses her feet. She gets her feet up on the bench, presses into a glute bridge, puts her feet behind her, and then sets her butt down on the yeah. bench. That's fine. Uh, but what I like to do is um, after I've set my grip, my feet are behind me, I row myself to the bar, mm-hmm. like literally pick my chest and everything up, pin my shoulder blades, and then kind of just, I don't really change positions because my, my eyes don't change under the bar. Mm-hmm. But what I do is kind of drive my chest up and my shoulder blades toward my butt, if that yeah. makes sense. So, um, but that's really important. You know, one of the worst times I've ever hurt my lower back was bench pressing. Yeah because things tend to get wobbly and you, you do actually have pressure coming through your lower back on that. So I'm pretty particular about wanting a really, really tight back. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I row up, pin my shoulder blades, and then when I sit back down, I'm trying to drop my,
0: drop my shoulder blades and raise my chest, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, and I don't know if it's, <clears throat> if it's something you taught me, if it's something I kind of just started doing, if I picked it up somewhere, but I do it exactly the same way. Like after I've got everything set up, I will pick myself up. and I, First thing I do though is get my head back on the bench, and then I and then I'll let the rest of my body kind of like situate into place. Yeah, but I, I do pick myself up, like kind of row myself to the bar, and then I'll be like, okay, I'm right here, and I kind of shift down and keep yeah. tight.
1: It's not uncommon for
0: me. You hear about squat you
1: wiggling into a good Mm deadlift position. They talk about that all the time. Like Russell Ordi is a good example of someone that kind of wiggles into lat position. Ed Cohen is another one. Uh, I kind of do that on bench press. Like if I'm not perfectly where I want, I tend to wiggle down, situate into the bench a little bit better. Um, That's a very, very individual thing. Like I said, a lot of my girls that have, you know, they they tend to bench bench with a little bit more of an arch. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they tend to work everything
0: feet back. Yeah.
1: Um, but I just don't have the mobility for that, so right. it's a very individual, but it, it does achieve
0: basically the same mm-hmm. thing. So, and that's two like <clears throat> we just gave two different ways to set up. So, depending on your body type, I mean, not to say some a man built like a girl, but you know, yeah. a little shorter, maybe they might, yeah, a shorter set person, up, by, yeah. you know, more like that,
1: honestly, just a thinner, uh, a lighter weight class athlete in general, regardless yeah. of gender. Um, Women typically are more mobile, though. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of a lot of weight class athletes probably going to want to set up mm-hmm. feet back instead yeah. of like I do, where I right. go upper body back. Um, but I mean, like I said, it's very very individual. And then uh, immediately the next thing, and you can talk about this too. If I'm doing a self handout, I do a glute bridge to
0: unrack the weight, and then set my butt back down after it's hovering above my body. I think typically when I do, I I I don't think I do. I I set my rack actually kind of low. Because I like to do like a, like a mini press when I unrack it because I like to really like prime my CNS with that initial like, okay, I know how heavy this is now. And yeah. that kind of just gets me ready for the lift.
1: That's uh, To be fair, that's the reason I've always like I, – I ha- I'm having to take a handout now because of injury, mm-hmm. but uh, that's the reason I've always liked a self-handout though is because I know exactly what that weight feels yep. like in my hand. And I always – you get somebody that's a really, really aggressive uh, – really, really aggressive and really, really helps a lot on the mm-hmm. handout. Um, I don't like that because it goes from – it kind of feels like I'm unloaded and then just loaded all of a sudden. Right,
0: yeah. It's like they drop it in your yeah, hands. Yeah,
1: and that's – it's not painful to me, but it's just – It's jarring. It's kind of a – yeah, mentally it's jarring, yeah. jarring, you know what I mean? It's just not a very uh, fun feeling in my opinion. So.
0: I have an experience with that. I, I, <laughs> I'm sure you probably saw it, um, the SPF World Championship. Uh, I think it was my third bench attempt. It was four. I think it was four or five. Um, got handed it out to me and then just kind of like, let it go. It was an older guy and the bar actually just kind of moved forward. And I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like it, it I, I stabilized after it, but I was mentally shaken. My body was actually shaken. Cause I was like, I just had to realign myself to get this back in place. And it's a max effort bench press, so that's not <laughs> ideal. Yeah, not <laughs> yeah. ideal at all. Suboptimal uh for the kids out there. Yeah. But absolutely. but but yeah, so that's one of the reasons why I don't particularly enjoy handouts anymore. Like I said, I don't have a I don't have an option right now. And it just
1: is what it is. I have no doubt Ron, Ron's gonna hand out for me, I think, on meet day. Mm-hmm. It'll be you or Ron one. Um But, uh, you know, I really want – I expect, you know, 30, 40 pounds of help. Yeah. Like, I I want to do most of it myself.
0: Almost just Um, hovering over the bar, essentially. Um, I mean,
1: Sandy's been giving me my handouts, Yeah, like. And I've had, you know, every bench day has been 350 plus for a few weeks now. And she doesn't, you know, she's she a very deadlift. strong deadlifter, but she don't, she don't deadlift 350 yeah. pounds, you know? So like, uh, that tells you how little help I actually want, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's also all the help I need for it to keep it from being painful too. Right. So, you know, at most, if she's really tugging on it, it's a hundred pounds of help, but yeah. it's not like, I don't want somebody up there, like max effort, like deadlift yeah. like over my, <laughs> over my chest, you know what I like mean? Yanking like yanking it out of your hands. Yeah. I've never liked an aggressive <laughs> handout. I don't even really like a handout in general, to be right. honest with you, but it's like, so it's a necessity yeah. right now.
0: That's fair.
1: Um,
0: so I mean we've pretty much talked all the way through the setup. Yeah. I mean, so now basically what, what I've got set up for, for next would be um the descent. So again, it's we set we talked about this in the squat. Go down real fast, you're gonna lose all your tension, you wanna bounce it off your chest, probably gonna fail.
1: Yeah, squat fast, fail fast, bench press, uh, bench press fast, fail fast, honestly. Yeah. Um a really good cue for that that I like is uh pull the bar to your chest.
0: Yep. Your brain
1: is not going to allow you to just, like, (laughs) actually tug it and, like, you know. But, yeah, you want want some guidance. You want to be deliberate. That's a Mm -hmm. better word. Yeah. About the descent. It can, fast is always good. Fast is only as good as you can control. Mm -hmm. Fast can be a very, very powerful tool in lifting weights. Mm -hmm. Um, A very powerful tool, but it's only as good as you can control. Exactly. You know, it's, you know. You give a twenty five hundred horsepower drag car on street tires, it's probably not going to perform optimally. <laughs> Let's be yeah. honest with you. I mean, it needs to be on a, on a big tire on a slick, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about optimal performance. Like you need to be able to put yourself in a position to perform, mm-hmm. and that's the reason I said, like you know, all the power and the speed in the world doesn't do you any good if you can't make power and speed go A to B. And that's what we got to do.
0: And like like mm-hmm. we said uh, on the uh, squat episode, it's same thing. It's like a spring. Yeah. The, the yeah. more tension, and it, the slower it is, the more tension you build up, the more likely you are. And truthfully, and I don't know if this is, you know, every experience I've ever had competing with a judge, the slower I have brought the bar down to my chest, the faster my press command has been every single time. And I don't know if that's because it looks more like it's touching than it really is. But, or if it's because it's so controlled that as soon as it touches my chest, it stops. As they meet, it's clear that it stops. They've seen how slow it is. That's like, okay, it has stopped. He gets the press. Also, I'm
1: not going to lie to you. It also dramatically reduces your chance to sink.
0: Yeah. Um, like a
1: heaving bench press, which mm-hmm. is illegal. We've lifted in a federation that, you know, would allow them if you said, yeah. I'm a sinker before you benched. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest with you. Even as somebody that kind of naturally wants to mm-hmm. do that, I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of naturally want to do that. It's kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one thing that fixed that with me is I just religiously, first and last rep of every set, I pause. Yeah. I mean, remove all doubt kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, that slow descent, um, you know, I really like the idea of being, I'm going to talk about another cue real quick with this. Mm-hmm. I really like the idea of being slow and deliberate, and I really like that pull to, pull the bar to your chest cue, and I like it better than another one that we've heard a lot of the times. Although this one does work for certain people, you hear people talk about bending the bar. Yeah, you know, like you're gonna like you're gonna break it over your knee, like mm-hmm. bending it this way. <sighs> While I agree with that, because to some extent, because I've seen it work with people, mm-hmm. it's all about how a cue resonates with somebody. Yeah, right. Like if they can make something happen, the the best cue is the one that resonates with the athlete. Right. Mm-hmm. But personally, I've always kind of thought that was a garbage cue because it's kind of just really unnatural feeling to me. If that makes yeah, sense.
0: No, I agree. <clears> but <Because throat> every time I've been told to bend the bar, I've always been like, "Well, mentally, I'm like, I can't bend this bar. It's yeah. not going to physically bend." So that
1: never connected. I, I, me. I do tend to like over tuck too when yeah. I do that. Now that my grips wider, when your elbow starts getting outside, or, or when your elbow gets inside. Of your wrist, you lose a lot of pressing power because ideally the strongest thing is a wrist stack over your yep. elbow. Um, so I do find that I experience, not everybody, but I experience some energy leak when I think about being in the mm-hmm. bar, to be honest with you, um, because it puts my elbows and I'm um, like a, I, I like a close elbow when people bench press. I believe it's safer for shoulder health. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I said, that elbow should never be inside of your your wrist. Yeah, it should always be stacked under your wrist. Yeah. So I mean, I think it can cause some. People have to just be dil, uh, diligent about who they use that cue on, because I feel like uh, depending on the person, it can be kind of a
0: slippery thing. right. Yeah. So so what worked for me, which that cute with another version of that cue was protect your armpits. Yeah, and that was the Chad Wesley Smith uh, cue. It's a, and, it's
1: a good one for Bench and Dudloff. I yeah. do I really like that cue, especially on Dudloff, to be honest. Yeah.
0: It's just the thought, you know, you think bend the bar, well, bend the bar is in your hands, but protect your armpits is in your lats. Yeah. So that makes a lot more sense to me to be more stable and be more safe that sure,
1: way. Sure. Yeah. Like I said, it's all about the cue that resonates with the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for okay. me, it's just be slow and deliberate. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like I could use my lats um, a lot more effectively if I'm just slow and deliberate, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, but Like I said, everybody is going to react differently to these cues. There's nothing inherently mm-hmm. wrong with them. It's just that if you find yourself, you know, if you have a coach that's saying bend the bar, bend the bar, bend the bar, and you find, if you and your coach find that you're, like I said, your elbow's inside of your wrist, um, just know that that could be cause for some energy leak and it mm-hmm. might not be an ideal pressing position. Yeah.
0: So so I guess we can go on to the next one. Uh, actually, I put protect your armpits on here. So that's, oh, we, we, already, we already covered that. Um, so I guess at that point, you know, we talked about getting set up. Uh, typically, and I don't know why I put this so down on the, far on the list, but three points, contact your head, your butt, your feet. Sure. Um, which we kind of already covered that in the setup. Yeah. Uh, so you bring in the bar to your chest, slow, uh, controlled. Uh, at that point. Uh, you got to get the bar off your chest.
1: You do. You do have to get get the bar off your chest.
0: Uh, obviously you're going to be pushing with your chest and your triceps. Everybody's aware of that. Front delt. Front delt. Yeah. Um, so the one that people are not quite as aware of, at least for beginners is pushing through through your feet. Yeah, absolutely. Trying to push the floor away from you. Yeah. And I'll be honest
1: with you. I don't like straight down because it does.
0: It can cause some hip, hip
1: raising and stuff. Uh, I like, uh, and I forget, it may have been Chad, Wissensmith Smith, or Marissa Enda talking about uh, your your feet should be fixed. They shouldn't mm-hmm. physically be moving, but treating it more like a leg extension machine where yeah. you're swinging your legs out. Does yeah. that make sense? Um, I like that cue a lot better. Uh, but like I said, that's the cue that resonates with me. I mean, yeah. um, And yeah. then also, I'll be honest with you, I think that like no cueing involved, just a personal thing for me, when I start my – I'm not necessarily thinking about my chest and my triceps when I start my press. I'm thinking about driving my feet in the, into the floor, my butt into the bench, and my upper back into the bench. Yeah. You know, me and Austin are both heads up benchers, yeah. so it's and ideally you would be a head down bencher. I mm-hmm. have to admit, I like that point of contact. Now it's a preference, it's a coaching preference. Even though I don't do it personally, um, but I'm thinking about actively like driving my body into yeah. the bench, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I have to because I have a hip raising problem. So I'm mm-hmm. actively always thinking about my butt and where my butt's going to be. Yeah. So.
0: And I guess that's, that's a good point is, you know, if you have a specific issue, you know, you have to, if, if you have to use cues that are going to make you aware of that. Sure. Yeah, constantly. absolutely.
1: And, uh, you know, the cues, that, I mean, the things that you're really, the things that you're really, really bad at, you should be actively thinking, mm-hmm. you know, if my hips raise, I need to be actively thinking about my hips raising. Yeah. You know what I mean? I need to be thinking about keeping them down. Like If your, your elbows, elbows constantly is. flare out, you need to, you know, Yeah, you need to think about that deliberate you know, slow, deliberate mm-hmm. speed and bend mm-hmm. in the bar, protect your armpits, however you want to say it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Engaging
0: your lats. Yeah, and I'll,
1: I'll tell you this, too. I think you know this, too. As you get better, as you become a better power lifter, things are moving targets. Like, you're going to perfect that cue, and you're going to move on, and then another cue is going to be, you know, another mm-hmm. thing you could cue out could be lacking, and you might develop new habits, new problems. Mm-hmm. Or you might just be so in tune with things that you can just move your focus to somewhere that needed it less in the beginning. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it just... Yeah, everything's a moving
0: target in a sense, so you yeah. have to be careful with that. There is there is a point in which if you you can become so proficient in all of it that you just have to progress everything across the board together, like, pick one, yep. one at a time,
1: yeah, whatever yeah. you need to do. Yeah. Uh,
0: so that's that's
1: just just a little. You know, there's a lot of good there's a lot of good power lifters in the world, and there's um, a lot of we talk all the time about you should take any technique advice with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. it's all individually based. But you know. With with very, very few exceptions and those exceptions I can't even really think of. I've never seen a power lifter, regardless if they're a beginner or a professional, that in my mind didn't have something that couldn't be cued out or corrected or worked on. Right. And I just watch a lot of powerlifting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and it and it is it is one of those things that maybe if you sit down and talk to the lifter, he might say, You know what, I tried that but it just wasn't optimal optimal for me mm-hmm. and that's fine at that point. But like just like everybody's bench squat bench and deadlift's a little different, I think everybody I don't think – for that same reason, I don't think anybody's perfect. No,
0: yeah. You know that's, I mean? that's, that's fair. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not necessarily saying perfect. Well, yeah. But I'm just <clears throat> saying, like, that everything is within a reasonable – Yeah, you're going to get like, to a point where you're you're kind
1: of good at all of it. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean – Like,
0: you, you can just sit there and do your bench press and everything goes perfect. Like, like
1: Louie said, though, weak things break and your link, weakest link is your weakest link regardless yeah. of how good you are at everything. Yeah. If everything's – if everything across the board is 99 out of 100, but you have one thing that's 97 out of 100, right. well, the 97 needs to be the thing that comes up. Yeah. That's, the, that's what's going to break first. That's what's going to cause you a lift first. You know, miss a lift yeah, first. Like, that's fair. You know, like, you know, so I mean, like I said, like, no, like nobody's perfect, but, you know, like I said, you can be generally good at everything and still have something that right. you can, you know, you know Yeah, like, for
0: sure. I mean, like you, you think about, you know, like you said, if there's a 97 out of 100 and there's a bunch of 99s. And you're pushing weight that you have never touched before. That that's the time it's going to break if if it ever does. Yeah, so. or
1: it's going to be the one that it's going to be the time it causes you to miss.
0: Yeah, I mean that's you know it
1: just kind of is what it is. But yeah. uh, boy, that's a like I said. I mean everything in powerlifting is always a moving target. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. You know, you think about like what I just did with Ron. Like you know, we addressed some things. I had a lower back weakness, so we did a lot of. Uh, I don't have a hamstring weakness, but my lower back just can't handle a hip hinge position for a Mm -hmm. long time. So I did a lot of RDLs, um, more so for my lower back and grip strength than my hamstrings, believe it or not. Um, And I did a ton of big compound movements for my triceps. Like, it wasn't a lot of, like, rope pushdowns. It was, like, a lot of dips and, like, skull crushers and shit like that. Like, skull crushers on the barbell. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, um, the next time I prep for a meet, I'll have new weaknesses. Yeah. It might be that my chest or my shoulders need to come up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It might be that, you know, well, it was my low back this time. It might be my quads next time. You know what I mean? It might be, you know, whatever it may be, like, you know, everything's a moving target. Yeah. It's it's, it's true. So, um, you know, that ascent on bench press, though, uh, you know, initially getting it off your chest, we kind of talked about it. I kind of think about, like, driving everything away from the bar, mm-hmm. almost, you know, pressing everything into it. Um And this is a cue, I get a lot of mouth back from beginner and intermediate lifters, but people tend to not understand that bench press is not a vertical press, that it does need to go back slightly Mm -hmm. toward the rack. And a lot of that too is we get a little bit of, it's the path of least resistance one, it's the smoothest press up, Mm -hmm. but you're also going to be able to recruit more front delt and that's going to help your triceps lock that weight out. Yeah. a good example of this, and, and the first person that it, people really took notice of doing this with was Bill Kazmier. And they, they, have, there's a chart that you can just Google Bill Kazmier bench press, and you can hit images, and it'll show you his bar path versus other people's bar path. Mm-hmm. And Bill Kazmier had almost like a J shaped bar path, so it kind of went up and back, or kind of back and up, I should say. Yeah. But that's what he did. He drove it back toward the rack, right. and he was a much, much better, much more proficient bench presser than other strongmen at the time. Mm-hmm. That should be, you know, that's something I try to tell everybody is drive it toward the rack, drive it toward yeah. the rack, because you do want that little bit of extra front delt recruitment. recruitment. Because I'll be honest with you, especially in high rep scenarios, not necessarily always in competition scenarios, in high rep scenarios, most of the time, where does somebody lose a lift? If you're pressing sets of 10.
0: Yeah. There's you're no.
1: probably not going to lose it in your chest. You're probably going to lose it in your triceps.
0: Yeah. Honestly. Um, Unless you just have unholy triceps. And I'll
1: be honest with you too, if it's a really well... If it's a really well-selected attempt, like your coach didn't send you out there with some bullshit like you were never going to hit, if the bar leaves your chest, where is it going to fell at? Yeah, yeah Your triceps, right? Yeah. right? So, I mean, my argument for that press toward the rack is give your triceps all the help they can get, and if mm-hmm. it means recruiting a little more front delt for that drive toward the rack, do it. And if you don't believe me, very, very simple test is hold your arm out in front of you in a vertical position, like if you would be on a bench press. You can feel your front delt tighten, but if you raise it slightly mm-hmm. – I think flexes like it's about to bust out of my shirt. Yep. You know what I mean? Like versus here, it's kind of flexed here. It's like engaged.
0: Yeah. I like, mean, just you think, know. think about a front raise. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, that's a, that's a good, good point. Yeah. That. It, like if you fully extend a front raise, you can feel it way more in your front delt than if you hold up to here. Yeah, you see a lot of dudes half rep it, mm, whatever, yeah. but you know, you see guys like, uh, I mean, Dr. I know, Mike, I know, you know like, they're like all almost the way vertical. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, but, I mean, that's a great, a great case for a bench press, and I don't know why. I think it's just, like, when they see some uh, – generally, I, I get a little less lip about it after they see a more proficient bench presser do it. Mm-hmm. And, like, for me, that's something I don't even think about. But, like, the bar just kind of naturally tra- – like, kind of goes at that backward mo- motion trajectory, right? Yeah. Like, I just naturally kind of press it slightly back toward the rack every yes. time. Uh, yours is slightly more vertical than mine, mm-hmm. but you do the same thing. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be, like – it dramatic. shouldn't be it shouldn't be dramatic. Yeah. Like throw it in the rack. It should just be a slight press.
0: Yeah. Back. back. Yeah.
1: You know, if you're basically, it's gonna it's traveling down. It's hitting your chest, and it should end back over your eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. that's, that's the way. You know, that's that's my favorite cue for bench press. I think it's one of the fastest ways to get people locked out heavyweight fast.
0: Yeah. To be honest and uh, truthfully, most of the time, whenever mm-hmm. I'd failed a bench press, it was in my triceps, like very few times, unless something has gone horribly wrong or it's weight that I shouldn't have touched. Did it fail at my chest?
1: Yeah. I mean, you most, if I fill it at my chest, my CNS is completely fried and, mm-hmm. or I put on 50 more pounds. than I've ever been pressed yeah. before. Like it's not going to fail. Yeah. I'm going to move it somewhere. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like if I, you know, if it's a well selected attempt, like it's coming off my chest. Yeah. Um, if it just sinks into your chest and you, it never leaves. You had no business making that weight and making that selection in the first place, yeah. um, barring injury, of course. But like, yeah. you no, know, you know, if you're perfectly healthy and you get underweight and it never leaves your chest, it's a bad attempt selection, man. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's in the gym or uh, on the platform. Like, uh, you should be able to move it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Somewhere. Like, it's okay to fail it. Like, yeah. failure happens. But like, you know, just being smart and using your brain, like. It should move somewhere. Right. And I'm like I said, nine times out of ten you're gonna lose it in your triceps. Yep. So this is what it is.
0: Well, I think we pretty much covered the bench press. Do you have anything oh. extra you wanna add as far as some some other cues that people might benefit from? Yeah.
1: Um keep in mind, uh POA, who is now our, the American entry into the IPF, um, you know, they've changed rules. Pretty stringently, you know, against an arch bench press. It's mm-hmm. not that you can't arch anymore, but they're now judging elbow depth. Yep. Um,
0: that- I
1: have I have people that do both. I have ladies that um that m- most of the people that I have that are are archers, none of them are extreme archers, but most of them I have that are, you know, have a pretty decent arch to them are my ladies. So you just need to make sure you're checking Federation rules about mm-hmm um, about arch and elbow depth, but you also need to check fe- uh, federation rules about your actual foot placement. Cause I know at one time the USAPL made you bench with a flat foot and you couldn't have heels off the ground. Yeah. Um, USPA where we're at now, we can do heels off the ground as long as your feet don't move. Mm-hmm. Like you can't change from heels up to heels down, head yeah. press, like stuff like that. They have to remain the same, but, uh, you know, make sure, Basically, what I'm telling you is your techniques ch- standards are going to change federation to federation, and make sure you're familiar with the rules. Mm-hmm. Another USAPL rule, I told you me and Austin are head up bench pressers. USP- USAPL, you have to have your head driven into the bench. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you need, just need to be aware that some bench standards change, and you're going to have to change, potentially change technical aspects of your bench press based on your competition. So,
0: or. You need to change your federation. Or
1: change your federation.
0: To one that that fits your bench press. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's a fair
1: statement. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm in full support of the elbow depth rule. mm
0: -hmm. Um, Me too.
1: As a big man, it is annoying to see, you know, people beat their chest about pressing as much as I do when it moved two inches. And I have long, like, orangutan arms, and mine moves three feet. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, like... Uh, oh, I, all the
0: time, all you the
1: time. Know, for me, it's like, oh, yeah, you bench, you bench 400, but did you really though?
0: You unracked 400.
1: like a, a good, uh, a good, a good example. Of this was Jen Thompson, who's the best female bench presser on this planet, yep. now for pound. Was talking about she what a bench to a three board or a four board? I think it was a three board. Her best competition press is 330.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she hit like 415 to a three board. Yeah, to mimic that range of motion. Yeah, boy, that's. That just, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. You know, I, and for me, if my if one of my girls got beat by that, I would be highly upset. To be yeah. honest with you, I mean, that, I have some big benching girls, and I'd be super pissed. Um, my 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 brain would explode if one of my girls got beat by two inch range of motion
0: bench press. And I feel like that what Jim Thompson did is just damning evidence against the. the it is the, the huge arms because it's. Very there obvious. Here you have the best
1: bench presser in the world saying, "I can play that game too, mm-hmm. and I can bench press." You know, instead of 100 pounds more than you, I can go bench press 175 more than right. you. Like, if you really want to fuck with me, like yeah. I can learn how to do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I kind of liked her stance on it, and it was just it's it's, it's unfair, and it's also unfair in a fe- in a sport where we pride ourselves on depth. Like, yeah, squat depth is important, right? Like we we talk about that all the time. You heard even, you know shout out to Josh, but we're talking about multiplying, you know, raw lifters shitting on multiply squat depth all the time, but he was talking about, you know, in the APA or APF, wherever he's mm-hmm. lifting now, like, he had to get hip crease below the knee, just like all the raw lifters yep. did. Like, talking about a sport that prides itself on depth,
0: like, How you bench
1: press depth should probably be part of that, Yeah,
0: honestly. Truthfully, <clears throat> if you think about it, it's a strength sport, right? At it the is. end of the it, day, it's a strength sport. How is there any strength in unracking it? Well, you know, the, you, know, you,
1: know, you, know you can make the same argument for sumo, right? Like, you know, some may say it's a total weight move sport, and you know, it is what yeah. it is. I can tell you though, the, you know, the best sumo deadlifters in the world aren't like you know, think of, I think about like Dan Grigsby, like it's not like obnoxiously wide, like this Jim Bro sumo you see sometimes mm-hmm. at meets. Like, he has a pretty compact, very upright torso, like, he's basically mimicking his squat,
0: yeah,
1: like. It's a really good full range of motion. It's mm-hmm. not kinda of, it's not really a bullshit lift, to be honest with you. The best thing and another another person that looks lifts just like him in my opinion, like same technique is um is, uh Yuri Belkin. It's yeah. very again, very upright, very full range of motion deadlift, even mm-hmm. for sumo. Uh, and I don't take up for sumo very often, y'all. Yeah. But the bench press thing, you know, if we're judging this, like I said, if you're quick to judge about sumo versus conventional and you don't get upset about Overarching on bench versus flat back bench pressing, boy, you—I think you're picking the wrong argument. Yeah, like the deadlifts a lot less of an issue in my opinion than.
0: Yeah, no, um, definitely. I've
1: never just been offended by somebody lifting sumo. Right. I have seen some bench press videos that I'm like, what the
0: fuck? Yeah, That like, th- the, the there's two that come to my mind, and there was one. It was a uh, and impressive that this man was able to get into this kind of an arch, but he was a very heavy dude, and he got into like this horseshoe shape, but his bench press was nothing, right? It was like an inch, smooth, yeah. total, and it was like, hey, the fact that you can, people can just get rowdy about that just blows my mind, like, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't excite me
1: about, no. uh, you know, no, I think taking, you, know, you can't take the arch completely away because no. I do think that.
0: It's a so you, natural,
1: yeah, and I do think it's a natural way of protecting your back, especially yeah. making your sure your back's tight and stuff like this. But these over completely over archers where the only thing that's on the bench is the bottom of their butt cheeks, mm-hmm. like the crease of their butt cheeks, um the bars moving two inches uh it's just not fair to yeah. man. man. No. Like, I mean, it's not you know I have like I said I have girls with extreme arch, my wife included, well, I wouldn't say it's extreme, but she has a she has very good mobility and has a very clear arch. Mm-hmm. Kristen is another somebody that has a very good mobility and has a very clear arch. I would, they still have a full range of motion bench press. So. Yeah. like, you know, if either one of those girls went out and got beat by somebody that bench pressed, you know, right. Two and inches off their chest, sure. like fucking annoying, man. Yeah.
0: And then like, the, the other video that I was talking about, I think it was the girl that beat Jen Thompson, uh, her, her world record. It was, if you blinked, you missed that she actually pressed it. Literally, if you blinked, you missed it. Because it was the... I don't even think it was an inch. Like, well, it barely
1: moved. There's one federation that's really responsible for this in a big way, and it's fucking... It's the IPF. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm happy that they changed the rules, but let's be honest, you didn't see professionals like Steffi Cohen or CC Ingram or uh Mariana Gasparian doing this shit. Did they set up an arch? Yeah, but it wasn't like It wasn't you didn't you didn't see them do this fucking extreme shit where their rib cages in the air and you know, they look like a scene off the Exorcist. Like it didn't fucking happen. <laughs> yeah. Like those are the you know, outside of Jim Thompson, those are the three best female bench pressers mm-hmm. on the planet probably. Yeah. So I mean I don't know. Fuck it, man. I mean, that's <laughs> it's one of those things It's like, like I said, the, the IPF's been a walking, talking parody of itself for a long time. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, the USAPL being part of that beforehand, now the POA. And I'm really proud of people that want to compete drug-free. I don't really have a problem with that. I don't really have a problem with yeah. what they stand for um, or anything like that. But, man, like, they did themselves a service by getting rid of that, to be yeah. honest with you, and judging yeah. bench pressed up. I mean, yeah. they really did. And uh, I'm happy they recognized that Jen's record being broken was – Bullshit, bullshit.
0: Yeah, uh, and and truthfully, there, it's not an egregious change. Like, it, no, it's, it's it's very fair in my opinion.
1: It's basically the elbow. joint has to end, uh, end below your shoulders, right? Yeah,
0: well, I, I think it has to be parallel, parallel, deeper I, than your shoulders. I, should I think it, yeah. parallel is the lowest that or the highest that it. can
1: But be. you do have legitimately had people that were benching like nearly had a forty-five degree. Yeah. Elbow angle at the bottom of their bench press still. And it's almost even hard for me to wrap my head around, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, and also, who who's, to be fair, who's fucking coaching this? I just want to know just because, like, because I've never been, I've been around a lot of my peers, and I know, I mean, I hired one of my peers and Ron, I know Ron's not coaching it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know a lot of female coaches that aren't coaching it, like, like, you know, we, I, I mean, I coach, you know, if you can get in a better, tighter back position, I coach that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I can't say that I don't coach the arch, but I don't, I don't coach like, let's go, you know, grip on the collars, fucking two inch range of motion. Like, I, just, I don't, you know, I don't know, at least it's not happening here in the South. Like we're yeah. not coaching that way here. Right. Like, and I don't know that America does it much. I was, it, it was probably an international athlete that did it,
0: right? The man was. Yeah. I don't know about the, the girl. The girl. I want to say she was a white blonde girl, but I could be mistaken. I want to say that she, she might have been.
1: Uh, was it? I was I, it the Swedish team or blue, the blue and yellow singlet?
0: I could not tell uh, you.
1: I, I think that it may have been, and they were like notorious for that. Hmm. They're also, you know, did you see um, the worm guy that keeps pop, popping up Swedish athlete? You know, that's coaching uh the super back round, super round, yeah. big, bent back. Front squats, deadlifts, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's all the same ilk.
0: That would make people. sense. <sighs> the, the, the problem is with that, it's just not safe. I um, mean, truthfully, with uh, that arch, it could potentially not be safe. Because what happens if your arch collapses? Well, yeah. And I mean, it a, just comes down. And, well, your, the problem is, too, is there, I mean, I don't know that it's going to because they're
1: basically standing in their lower body. That's true. I mean, they've yeah. been they've been over that much. I mean, they're yeah. basically standing in their lower body. I mean, I've seen smaller girls nearly have their fucking knees locked out. Like, so, I mean, boy, I don't know. But I know another thing though. It stands to reason though. If you're if you're going to use that technique, won't won't that technique be that much stronger if you're training a full range of bench um, um full range of motion bench press regularly? Isn't that even more advantageous if you're benching correctly ninety nine point nine percent of the time? I can tell you that I never do board presses and anytime my bench press goes up, like board press just gets easier and easier. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Chilling, like you know, it right? right? should, yeah. motion. If your triceps and shoulders have grown, shit should, should be getting easier. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I mean, if you've done your job as a strength athlete and trained, like short range of motion should be easier. Yeah. I mean, again, barring some weird injury my hip labor, I'm like a partial a partial squat's harder for me than a full range of motion squat. Right. But like no, barring something like that, like, I don't know. I just don't get it. And maybe this ended up being too much of a rat.
0: Uh, <laughs> it was a little bit of a rat. But,
1: you know, like, you know, it's not that I'm not coaching it, but I'm also not coaching it in an unfair way, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, again, a neutral, like, comfortable arch, I feel like, is important. And yeah, it's, yeah, and it
1: should be. Like, you have a natural arch there. Yeah. It should be tightened, and it should be, you know, all those things should happen, like, Philosophically I don't disagree with it. <laughs> yeah. But like there's a point that I do think is, you know, just patently unfair, and I think that's the point we've kind of gotten to. Yeah.
0: There's there's being in a comfortable position and then there's bending the rules to the point where they crack. Yeah. That's that's the difference. Well
1: they cracked them but now there's new rules set. Yeah. Like I <laughs> so I mean but like I said,
0: I don't think it was ever
1: you know, I've never seen that SPF, I've never seen that RPS, USPA. I've never seen it in the WRPF. I've never seen it with any of our peers or our athletes. Yeah. It's just what it does.
0: And we would like to challenge those heavy archers to a full range of motion bench press competition. Yeah, no good. (laughs) We can go feet
1: up. And we, can go, we can go Larson's, baby, right? all day long. Let's, let's do Larson. I'm, I'm a weird one of those weird people that press in a Larson as much as I do flat feet. So, I mean, nearly so. I don't. I mean, I've gone. I've gone I think I've got 335 or 345 for a triple on a Larson before. That's
0: pretty impressive. So, obviously. I
1: mean, we can just go straight up feet up if you want to. We ain't got to fuck we'll, we'll, go, we'll go Larson and hold plank the bench press if you want to.
0: I don't mind. I don't, I don't fucking care. Um, well, they'll be like 225 up tapped out can't can't do this i have no no balance bye That's what it is dad jokes dad jokes
1: i have one prepared and it's a good one and i think i'm I'm, i gotta be honest with you i think i'm gonna call it after the one okay um because well we may or may not be doing additional content tonight so (laughs) i need to save
0: things that's fair that's fair i'm you can go
1: ahead with yours so what do you get when you milk a tiny cow what do you get when you milk a tiny cow yeah condensed milk <laughs>
0: that's pretty good. I will um, go to Dad says jokes because I saw one that I really liked today. Uh, my wife said, "You really have no sense of direction, do you?" And I said, "Where did that come from?" <laughs> that took me longer than I wanted it to. Be honest <laughs>
1: with
0: you, that's fair. I like that one. It was, it Dad was, says jokes and then i'll 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 go ahead and give one more just because it was the the exact next one, uh, as I looked at my naked body in the mirror, I realized I was getting kicked out of IKEA. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah be careful what you do IKEA. don't take a nap in the beds yeah don't uh attempt to procreate in the beds
0: <laughs> don't shit in the toilet
1: <laughs> don't shit in the toilets yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of jackass that happens in the first jackass it's not in ikea it's in a local hardware store but yeah absolutely well it's hilarious but yeah don't do that
0: so speaking of shitting in a toilet if <laughs> um, you ever uh you don't, you don't keep up with uh, a lot of the, uh, the YouTubers, especially the gaming YouTubers. Well, you may know who PewDiePie is, Felix Yeah, Helberg. absolutely. Okay. So there's a story when he was younger. He was, like, running around uh, going to – I don't even remember where he was at or what the situation was. But he really had to go to the bathroom. He may have been at a friend's house. I don't even remember he went to the bathroom, and for some reason, like, the toilet was closed or something or whatever. But he had to go. So and he went. He hopped in the shower. Um, he just shit uh, all in the shower. Rinse it down? I don't <laughs> or know. Or attempted to rinse it down? I have no idea. Man,
1: I'm out of... Man, the poop stories are a little bit much, to be honest with you. I can't lie. I, I wish get it the like there's a I really like the idea of going camping, but having to shit in a hole is like one of the things that hold me back. Um, we've come full circle. We've talked about everything tonight, from safe words to bench press to whether or not we can poop outdoors.
0: I just we have one. talked
1: about everything. Most bases have been covered.
0: Oh well. I was going to see if I could get the context, but. If you really want to know the context, I can look it up. It's Isn't on that
1: YouTube guy like low key racist or something? No, that was. There was some. You, there was. He was there, involved in the YouTube scandal,
0: though, right? Yeah. So that was that was a while ago. That was several years ago. He was playing a game. He got really mad and said uh, something the, he shouldn't have said. The, to be fair. a racial slur. Supposedly, it means something different. Where in, in, in Sweden, I think so. There was some, you know, be careful what you say in public forums. <laughs>
1: yeah, actually, how about just don't be an asshole and say things like that to begin with. My-
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, like, and he he came out later. and He was like, even though this does mean something different, I screwed <laughs> up. I shouldn't have said that. I should have known better. I was mad. You know, I said something that I shouldn't Now, remember. Now, the real question is, how fast do we get canceled when people actually start listening to
1: this? <laughs> uh,
0: I don't know, man. We don't, we don't we're say that. Fu-
1: we're pretty fucking diplomatic about everything, but we're diplomatic people. We're decent human beings and we're diplomatic <laughs> about everything
0: anyway. I, I think we, we evaluate things fairly enough that, that people would. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: You know, yeah. we, it's not like we're some of these. If we were
1: going to get can, the cru- crucified or canceled, it would have been over the USBA episode. <laughs> 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 the,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: But I mean I think we took the public stance on that one too though, so. Pretty I think we were pretty fair all around. So. Yeah, absolutely.
0: But it is what it is. That is all the time we have for this episode. That is we, it, baby. We, Go on. we we got we got our hour. Yep. And uh y'all enjoy it. Listen to it. Have yep. fun. Rate us five stars on Spotify, iTunes. Five stars. Uh if if we're on ApplePod, I don't even know. For uh,
1: let us know if you want to start doing ASMR videos, me eating my <laughs> like, Doritos or something.
0: <laughs> uh, I will have to make a, a new uh, a new setting for that to make it really. But we'll have to only use this microphone. Crunch Doritos. You- <laughs> you're gonna have to do it in this one. I'll just use mine. No, <laughs> this one will actually pick it up. Really you can't. <laughs> <It's> really- <laughs> You can't get that close to it. Coleridge Doritos. <laughs> <Go> Coleridge <ranch> Doritos. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>